Do you like my outfit? I do. Even though it's not a visual podcast, we're not recording it, I've decided to dress for the occasion yeah. of this record. You dress like Serena Veekman. <laughs> yeah, I've got like a blazer on. And... No, I've, I'm wearing my Mary Earp shirt. Yeah. We're drinking from my Mary Earp's mug. I don't think is particularly fair because of what we're going to discuss today. I don't think, I think you should be completely impartial and you've clearly, you're, you're biased. Should I put my other shirt on? Which yes, is, doesn't neutral, have a name on it. Neutral. It's just yeah. a, an outfield. Yeah, because I don't think Mary Oates is going to get in the Lionesses squad. I'm not taking the bait. I'm not taking the bait. It's bait. (laughs) Hello and welcome back to the Why Was She podcast. I'm Charlie Parks, currently cosplaying as Mary Earps, and I'm with Matt Clough. Hello, currently cosplaying as myself. I don't know, you could be like a manager. I sometimes think you look like Jürgen Klopp with you. With your fleeces and your glasses. You're well, not wearing your glasses at the moment. I'm not. I am I am currently being accused quite regularly of looking like Gary O'Neill. I've heard that from multiple sources you. now. So yeah, if I start kind of, you know, going on Monday Night Football, shouting about how I beat Man City, but then also have, bearing the cross of managing Wolves, you know what's happened. So as we've uh, hinted at, uh, the reason why I'm currently cosplaying as Mary Earps is uh, because we're going to talk about the Lionesses, because we haven't talked about the Lionesses for an episode. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going back to back to the Lionesses again. But I think this is, you know, in our defence, it's quite topical. Um, we've got some friendlies coming up, one on the 23rd of Feb against Austria and one on the 27th of Feb against Italy. And the squad hasn't been announced yet. I think I've heard she's supposed to be announcing it next week. I assume that's why I haven't had a phone call. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I she's mean, I, the groundwork. I'll maybe give it to tomorrow, like yeah. probably 3pm tomorrow, and I'll just give her a bell and be like, Serena, like, what's going on? Yeah, I hope this email finds you well. Why haven't you called me up? Um, and yeah, well, just to provide some context here, I'm, I'm convinced that I should be in the Lionesses squad. Yeah. I think I can do it. Um, not to dox ourselves as well, but we live like 10 minutes from St. George's Park. So not only do I, you know, do I think I can bring something to the team? I also, you know, it's quite convenient. I can just pop around the corner to training. So so your pitch to Serena is mainly based on, well, you won't have to re- reimburse me for travel costs. Exactly. You, you can know. drop me off. Yeah. Lucy Bronze flying over from Barcelona. Yeah. None of that rubbish. Oh, yeah. Killing the planet. Thanks, yeah. Lucy Bronze. Yeah. Selfish. Yeah. I, I could walk there, technically. For some even more Bike. extra context, you have also been Googling flights to... Where are they playing near oh, Gibraltar, God. right? So no, you, I wasn't... You, you, you were... <laughs> I wasn't really going to go. I was just curious about where you'd fly to, because it's like in the arse end of... Spain. Spain. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So, yeah, I obviously, in the grand scheme of things, they're friendlies. They're not important games, but I think... We wanted to discuss what's the squad going to look like that she's going to take, what a potential starting eleven might look like, yeah. um, and then. But I think this they are friendlies, but I think this will tell us a lot about what she plans to do going into the Euro qualifiers and then into the Euros next year. Yeah, and then obviously you know we know now Serena's sticking around until at least the twenty twenty seven World Cup, so she's building the the groundworks for a for her next two tournaments because obviously we've got this sort of weird gap gap year. No, where we haven't got any tournaments thanks to the Nations League debacle, which yeah. we didn't want to go to the Olympics anyway. No, I think it's really interesting because really, you know, she she's 
come in at a point where she's just kind of had tournaments back to back there's not it's it's very much been just prep for the next tournament there hasn't really been much incentive I guess for her to to look at kind of blooding new players and thinking about the future very much it's very much been Euros almost straight into the kind of the heat of the World Cup so yeah and it was it, a weird one sorry to interrupt but it was a weird one as well because obviously the Euros was the Euros was postponed a year yes. because of I don't know some global pandemic I, I don't know I can't remember what it was called yeah um and then you know they had that and then went straight into the World Cup yeah and it's, um, it's just meant you know in terms of her priorities she's very much been focused on tournaments whereas like you say now got a little bit of breathing, breathing space, room yeah and also because she's committed her future through to 2027 you know you're looking at the team and there's there's a, a likelihood that some of her real stalwarts you know like Lucy Bronze and, and a couple of other players might not be around for that what potentially will be her last her last tournament so mm. it, it does it changes the complexion of the team it's you know it's a side of Wiegmann's management that we've not really seen at England so far it's very much just been get a team together to try and win a tournament whereas now it feels like you know mm. she she has more to think about so it's going to be interesting to see how that manifests in the squad that she names next week yeah and I think could be interesting because obviously when you're building a squad to take to a tournament you want to have the right blend of experience and young talent um and you you, you know there were probably some more experienced i don't want to use the word veterans that seems a bit harsh but there were some more sort of experienced older players in the squad at the world cup mm. who are we you know we'll get into this but are we going to see from now on because like this is a bit of an opportunity this year to sort of potentially bring in the younger talent yeah start to build a foundation for the future yeah absolutely you know and i, I think again we will we will get into this but there, there are players on my list who i think you look at them and you you do potentially think have i think they, they've probably passed their peak now mm-hmm. and there's there's they can still offer a lot but you you do have to start weighing up the is it is it better to have a player who perhaps offers us slightly less right now but could grow into something more and will be able to offer us something more in future tournaments would you take that short term not necessarily pain but the short term kind of slight disadvantage for a potentially um, you know an advantage long term mm-hmm. yeah for sure and i think yeah in in terms of the podcast i think you know we might break the format i think a little bit this week because it's going to be quite player heavy on discussion yeah. and stuff so and i'm sure there'll be plenty of hot takes within the squad discussion so yeah. i think you know we'll just have a we'll just keep it keep it light keep freewheeling it discussion keep it loose freewheeling let's do it so should we just dive in then? Should we start talking about the squad? Um, how do you want to play it? Do you want to go back to front, front to back? I know you've got some very uh, strident views on the goalkeeping situation. I haven't got so, strident views at all. So There's I, no hot takes here, but I think there's an interesting discussion to be had Yes. Um, around that. So let's start with the goalkeepers. Why okay. So, yeah. I mean, I don't need to refer to my notes to the first person on this list. Literally the first person on the team sheet. I don't think you can argue with it. Hannah, Hannah Hampton. Hampton. <laughs> Obviously, it's it's uh, Mary Earps. Um, really lot to say about that. She's undroppable for me. Yeah. Um, she's there for a good long while, I think. Yeah, I'd agree. I think, you know, she she did make a mistake in that uh, home Why game against the Netherlands. Why would she immediately bring that up? I, I just think you've got you to gotta base it on, like, you know, recent performances. But she's I know not a robot. There does seem to be this narrative at the moment that she's not having a great season in the WSL, which, to be honest, I think, I mean, I know your thoughts on this. I also, I think the numbers don't back that up. That, you know, she might not be quite hitting some of the heights she has previously in, you know, in the form that won her the England spot in the first place. But yeah, I, you know, 
Uh, Wiegmann clearly trusts her. There is, you know, she was she was made captain the last couple of matches as well in, in terms of, you know, when we had a couple of injuries. So I expect, I mean, I am interested to see if she rotates given they are friendlies. Um, obviously, Hannah Hampton has, has kind of re-emerged at Chelsea and, and has basically claimed the number one spot, which is interesting. And I do think, not a criticism of Mary Earps, but certainly Hannah Hampton, the, the, one of the main feathers in her cap is is her distribution which is you know something that Emma Hayes has talked about and you know it's not something that I think would have a huge bearing on Wiegmann's thinking I think you know it's not like Earps literally can't find you know one of her defenders with a pass she, she's competent with the ball at her feet but I think you know Hampton is you know proving herself to be a, a viable alternative as is Kiara Keating who's having a fantastic season um, and you know as the as the youngest of the three she is potentially the the one for the future that said you know Erps by 2027 if we're using that as our kind of benchmark based on when Serena will be looking to I don't see a reason why Erps won't potentially still be mm. you know in play by that point so yeah. I mean yeah she will be 34 I think really. yeah but you know goalkeeping goalkeeping terms yeah. it's that's not unusual yeah I can't I can't disagree with you on on what you've said there um certainly Hannah Hampton's distribution you know when we watched that game at the weekend um against Everton was excellent um I think I said to, you made that point at the time and I think I said to you at the time the difference is Hannah Hampton is distributing the ball to Chelsea and Mary Earps is distributing the ball to Man United. She's which... not launching the ball up to Ella Toon and hoping she can win a header. We won't go even go into that, but yeah, I I do have a tendency to get defensive, but I think from a personality perspective, her stature within the team, yeah. what she brings to the England team, I think I don't think you can argue with her being number one. But I think obviously Hannah Hampton for me is the number two. Um not Keating. No. Interesting. I, I don't think she's maybe in a friendly, maybe. Mm. But like you know, if we're going into, if we're talking about tournaments or whatever. If if you know, God forbid, <laughs> something happened to Mary and she couldn't start or whatever. I think I think Hampton would be the one you'd put in. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean Emma Hayes trusts her. She in does some massive games. I, I think you know in the WSL. So I think if you're Serena, you've got to be looking that and looking at that and saying she stepped up in those big games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And she's, she's she's trustworthy and yeah. I mean, I just think that Keating for me, excellent goalkeeper. Her and Mary have got the same clean sheets in the WSL this season. Yeah. Keating. Which again baffles me about that's why the sort of conversation like oh Mary Lips isn't having a great season is like she's got the most clean sheets that'll be herself like what mm. are you talking about and Keating is arguably behind a more robust defence yeah. and I think for me like I'm not saying Mary doesn't make mistakes but I think I don't know Keating's a bit raw, more raw and yes. she's more liable to make some absolute clangers I think she has made a couple of yeah, well, poor yeah. decisions this season that have you know there led was... to a goal but. That's being harsh, but I'm just saying. Like, I think she she needs a bit more development. I think she's yeah. I think she's definitely third, like well second in the queue behind Hampton. I think. Um, and obviously we haven't even talked about Ellie Roebuck. Um, she was left out of the squad. I think the first couple of Nations League games, the tail end of last year, she was in the squad. Yeah. And then the last couple, she was not in the squad. And obviously everyone was like, well, what the hell's going on? But I think Serena's Serena said, she'd had a conversation with her, she's not playing at the moment. Um, and I think several people made the argument, well, neither is Hannah Hampton, so why is she in the squad? But that's obviously not a, an argument anymore, because nope. Hannah Hampton is playing. Um, yeah, it's just a bit of a, a bit of a weird situation. And um, 
I mean, I don't think we can add anything to the discussion that's not been said already. Like, I, I don't think anyone knows what's gone on no. at, at Man City for her to be dropped so unceremoniously. Mm. And, um, you know, not even sort of part of the goalkeeper rotation. Like, yeah. you know, I think they've had games in the in the Conti Cup where Sandy McIver started, uh, yeah. you know, so... And there's been games where she's not even been on the bench. So, uh, yeah, I, ju- I don't know what has gone on there. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, there was obviously a lot of speculation in January that she was going to leave the you know, links to Barcelona, um, which obviously hasn't come to pass. So, yeah, we, we can only speculate as to what's gone on there. But it it, yeah. it seems, as we were saying the other day, you know, Hampton, uh, sorry, no, Roebuck was, she was sent off at the end of last season, which might have necessitated Keating starting the season. And it's it's just been a case where Keating has, has won that, well, won that position by default and has then just not given it up. But it also feels like there might be something else going on just by the fact that Hampton is, you know, Roebuck. Sorry, I keep saying Hampton, that Roebuck is... is uh, Hannah Hampton is living in your... In yeah, your yeah, rent-free. yeah. She's rent-free. Um but yeah, you know, Roebuck has, has barely been seen since. There was, yeah, again, all this speculation about her going to Barcelona, which would felt like a, a very strange move had she made it in that, you know, she desperately needs to get into a position where she is starting matches and feels like going from Man City where she's not starting to Barcelona where you'd also presumably not be the first choice mm. would have been a very strange move. But Well, that... The complexion of that situ- situation might have changed now because we know now that uh, Panos is leaving Barcelona at the end of the season. Yes. She's come out and said that. So I'll be interested to see what happens in the summer. Yeah. Whether Roebuck is back on the table. But I don't know. I have a sneaking suspicion there might be another another keeper in the in that discussion. And I may or may not be wearing her shirt. When did <laughs> you get that Hannah Hampton shirt, by the way? <laughs> not wearing a shirt, that fraud. I'm joking. She's great. Um, yeah, so I think we could... Are we, are we saying that we're leaving... Or any robot out. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, with it being a friendly, there might be extra limits on the squad, and you know, just to kind of keep her involved and, and have her sort of still within that group. Um, you know, we we know Vigman is very much about kind of promoting a sort of you know that that kind of community feel within the within the squad, and it you know if you've got the room, you might as well take her. Yeah, I mean, I'd be amazed if she managed to get any game time, even if she did go, because there are three keepers who are all playing more than her right now, and all, you'd have to say, in in vastly superior form. So mm-hmm. I, I can't see her getting any game time. Yeah, and you don't want to be going as like a sort of consolation. No, no, you don't, you don't want to be a, yeah, a pity pick kind of thing. Yeah, it, and it's like, you know, as we'll maybe get on to, as we go deeper down the list of the squad, like, you know, do you actually prioritise taking a few more outfield players, a few more options there, mm-hmm. try a few different things rather than just taking a keeper just to... Yeah, which I think was Serena's logic. That was when when, when uh, Roebuck was, was originally dropped. That was yeah. what she said, wasn't it? It's like mm. we, we, we could have taken her, but we'd rather take another option for an outfield player and, and give ourselves more options there. Yeah, so goalkeepers were locking in uh, Southampton, Keating. Yeah. And then we're obviously going to say that Mary's going to start. Um, like, like I say, I, I, I expect her to start at least one of the matches. I would be interested to see if there's any rotation there and, mm. and Hampton or Keating get any minutes because, you know, you never know. It's always good to kind of, you know, it's, should Mary pick up an injury or something on eve of the tournament, you don't want to be going into a situation where you've got keepers who have, you know, not played for England for four years mm. suddenly being being thrust into that position. 
I think you could make the argument either way because as we'll as we'll get on to now when we start talking about defenders, I think there's a bit of not unrest, but there's a bit of uncertainty, I suppose, at the moment about what the the back line will look like. Yeah, and you could actually make the argument we'd rather start Mary and sort of try her out with maybe different a different defense sort of situation. Yeah, like build that. Yeah, get that familiarity. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. You know, rather than chucking another goalkeeper in there along with another sort of defensive sort of lineup. Yeah, and then it's like, well, actually, how does all this this fit together? Like, what yeah. about? Because like, even if we start like Hampton or Keating in a friendly, there's no way we're going to start them in a no a qualifier or a, right an actual now, tournament no. match. So like, you know, do you want to be messing with that too much? I think. Yeah, I think that's a good point. But you I know, if 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 Erps is is a lock-in, which I think at the moment she still is, you know, keep that bit constant and, and maybe play around with the defence to get, you know... Because, like you say, you, you, you won't be able to test out every possible combination of players. And if you've got one who you are 99% sure is going to start, whatever, as long as she's not injured, then you might as well keep her in place and, and test out some of the other variables. Yeah, for sure. And with that... And- um, shall we move on to the defence? Let's do it. So when I was sort of looking at my preparing my notes f- for this episode, I was sort of looking at the squad, the last squad that we took that we had for the Nations League camp, you know, in December. And um, I wouldn't say I'm concerned, but I'm very heavy on centre backs. Yeah. And light on full backs, I feel. Yeah. In terms of options, so I think obviously left back, right back, you've got to say Neve Charles, Lucy Bronze would be. The choice. Yeah. But outside of that, what are the options for fullbacks? Unless you play Rachel Daly as a mm. fullback. You know, I was looking I was looking through sort of the the available pool of players and there's some sort of young fullbacks coming up. Yeah. Um, like Asmita Ali, who has just come to Leicester on loan actually. She's um she's like a right back, but also plays like sometimes right midfield, right wing back sort of thing. But like I say, she's not been getting that much game time for Spurs, which obviously why she's come to Leicester on loan. And like, I think she gets into the under-23 squad, but, you know, I, I don't see her realistically coming into the senior squad. No. And then, you know, we've got Morgan, who um, kind of can play as yeah, a, a full back, but sometimes comes in as a centre-back. She's full-back, really, is she? I, well, she I plays as say. a full-back for City, mm. normally as like a sub yeah, you know, as a uh, as an alternative option for um, Kirsten Kasparov, but yeah, I do. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, absolutely. It, it, we are it's, light on on fullbacks. It's something that you know, and I I, I went down the list of kind of el- every eligible player, and there are plenty of English fullbacks, you know, knocking around the WSL. But you know, going back to what we were saying earlier about you know now having the the opportunity to look forward to the future a little bit more, a lot of those players are sort of 28 and above they're not exactly ones for the future um i mean you do have greenwood who kind of has that you know we we, we saw it in the nations league when we were playing a back three but she she kind of can have that ability to maraud forward a bit again it's she's certainly not a lucy bronze in that kind of you know really energetic up and down mold but yeah it's it's an interesting one and it's we we've mentioned about uh, bronze before. She she's been so good for so long. It's you know I think there's been a a tendency to kind of not really worry about who's coming up behind her as as a as a replacement right back because 
it's just like well she's very very reliable certainly over the last few years very few injury problems she's, she's been an ever-present but now as we're kind of getting to the point where you know is she realistically going to be around in 2027 probably not and suddenly you're kind of like okay well how who have we got to take over this mantle and at the moment that i'd say there isn't a standout kind of player to do that yeah exactly that was my thoughts and you know something that concerned me um you know hopefully we'll start seeing some more of these younger players stepping up and getting more game time and and yeah we'll we'll see them coming through in the next couple of years maybe because yeah. like neve charles hasn't necessarily come out of nowhere but she was in the squad i don't know if she was in the squad for the euros I assume she probably was. I don't she know. She was to be certainly honest. in the squad for the World Cup, but she didn't no, start she, or anything. But then, she, since then, she's really she's made that position her own, hasn't she? I mean, she's back. she's started two games for Chelsea as captain. Yeah. So she's just like she's having a great season, and yeah, just looks really solid. Yeah. Um, both defensively and in terms of like going forward, going forward yeah. as well, and obviously offers a lot of the same you know qualities that Lucy Bronze does in that yeah. way. And I think just to say one more thing on Lucy Bronze, I think there is some sort of discussion around whether she, you know, it's undeniable she's 32. She's not going to be around for much longer. Yeah. And I've seen discussion about the season that she's having at Barcelona. Is she in decline a little bit? And obviously, I think at the World Cup, was she in vintage form? I don't know. Mm. You know, we saw a couple of errors. I mean, the goal... The Spain's goal, in, goal the in, in the final. I'm not saying that we lost the final because of Lucy Bronze, but the goal in the final was a result of her error. Yeah, her stepping out of position, trying trying to make something happen, getting caught, and yeah. then it was yeah down that. Well, Spain's left, our right, where the goal completely came from. So yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah, but I think it's undeniable what she can bring to the team. Like thinking back to the Nations League, that last minute header, yep, which could have taken us through to the semi-finals and and a chance again to qualify for the Olympics. Thanks, Netherlands. <laughs> As I say, we didn't want to go anyway. No. The Olympics is for nerds. But yeah, I, th- I think you've still got you still got to put her in the squad, obviously, and put her in the starting eleven for me. Yeah. Along with Neve Charles. Yeah. Which leads us to the centre-back's quandary. Because mm. I think even though we are still missing Millie Bright, and I assume we're going to be missing her in this round of games, um, I've heard rumours that she might be back in March or April. Yeah. But who knows? Emma Hayes is spinning her web of lies. I mean, Emma Hayes, even if Bright is 99% fit and she's just not risked her, mm. I, I, I can see no scenario in which she consents to her playing for England before she's got back and played for Chelsea, basically. Yeah, That is not sure. how Emma Hayes is going to roll. And, for sure. you know, quite quite understandably. Yeah, obviously for this particular squad selection, we'll, we can't have Millie Bright. Um, but for me, as soon as she's fit, she's a lock-in. Yep, um, no arguing on that. No, she's so solid. And I think that begs the question. So obviously, Alex Greenwood, for me, has proven herself. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I don't think you can drop Greenwood. No. I think she's, uh, I think she's, she's one an of automatic the, selection. She's one of the best centre-backs in the world. Yeah, I, um, I think so right now. Yeah, and I think that gives Serena potentially a, a problem, a nice problem. The problem being Leah Williamson. Mm-hmm. And what do you do with her? Yeah. I think certainly for now, we can discuss what do you do? Do you put her in the squad now? Yeah. Or, you know, do you say you've not had enough game time yet? I'm not going to, you know, put you in the squad. Because that's pretty much what she did with Beth Mead. Um, yes. Beth yeah. Mead had, had a couple of, she had some minutes for Arsenal. She was, yeah, she missed out on the squad, didn't she? But she did miss out on the on the first 
one of the one of the sort of rounds of uh, Nations League games, and then obviously she was included in the, yeah. the last two, which we'll get to. But she obviously had an undeniable impact. Yes, on the squad. But yeah, so I spoiler alert: I have put Leah Williamson in the squad. I, I think have it, as well. In terms of like what she represents, and obviously she was captain before she got injured. I think that's going to be a good person to have in the team going into this camp and sort of building her back into that role as captain. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's going to be key. Yeah. But I still don't know what to do about Leah Williamson versus Alex Greenwood in terms because I think they're very similar. They are, yeah. Players. I don't think you would play them in, in a centre back partnership. No, I I, you I, might play them together in a back three, maybe. But if we've not got Millie, I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think given it's friendlies, I I'd be slightly less concerned if we did line up with a Greenwood Williamson. Two, two centre-halves. I agree. I think Serena will recall her, you know, A, a because with Bright out, you do have a, a spot there, kind of. You're not, you're not sort of elbowing out someone who's been in the previous squads. I think, as you say, she's been the captain. She's She's been a real talismanic figure. And then she's been out for so long, missed the entire World Cup. I think Serena will look at it and say, you know what, the, these are friendly matches at the end of the day maybe she's not you know 100% yet and if if it was a if, you know it was a make or make or break nations league squad or something like that maybe i i do as as you say we did with mead where where she doesn't get back in on, on merit but i think given its friendlies i i think she'll she'll use this opportunity to recall her mm. um yeah and then in like say it's a nice problem to have kind of three world class center backs I would say Williamson as well. Obviously, we, we have seen her play as more of a defensive midfielder. That was an area which, obviously, in the World Cup, when Walsh was injured, we had to do a bit of shuffling around. And obviously, Laura Coombs got some minutes. Katie Zellum got some minutes. But, uh, yeah, that, that is a another potential route I could see Williamson being integrated into long-term if you've got a, you know, if, if you want to stick with the uh, Greenwood Bright in a, in a back four um, pairing then Williamson as an option in as a sort of a, yeah defensive midfielder alongside Walsh mm. it gives you know it frees you up to to you know potentially push Stanway forward or do something you know slightly more dynamic with the midfield if you've got her in there as an anchor mm. um, and it also just means you do have natural-ish cover for Walsh because right now as we saw at the World Cup as when Walsh was out of the side we we didn't it suddenly looked quite disjointed, and it looked like we'd we'd really lost the sort of the heartbeat of the team. I think the focal point. And yeah, I think Williamson, although she isn't as good as doing what Walsh can do, she can certainly go some way to replicating that. And I, I think that's uh, that you know that's that's a it's, it's obviously huge getting her back. Yeah, and obviously I think her one of her great strengths is her vision and a region of the game which is you know what Walsh brings to the table as well among other things so I think if nothing else like you say you've, if you've got if, if you did need to a, a, a Walsh plan B mm-hmm. you know I would feel better about having Leah in that position than Katie Zellum yeah um but we'll get to the midfield in a minute you know I don't think we can talk about the centre-backs and the options that we've got without talking about um no 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 Lata Wobenmoy Lata Wobenmoy um, yeah, she looked absolutely solid yeah. for Arsenal this season. And see a lot of people online, granted they are Arsenal fans, but I can't really argue with them. She needs minutes for England. She's yeah. been absolutely bossing it. And I don't think you can argue with that. And I would 
like to see her start. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be interested to see her, you know, maybe in a partnership with uh, Greenwood. Yeah. Um, with Williamson, as she will naturally play at Arsenal, and she did at the weekend. Um, and, you know, there was some discussion online about whether things fell apart after Le- Leah Williamson had gone off at half-time, but I don't really think you can say that. She does br- obviously bring something to, you know, Arsenal's game. That yeah. They've been missing without her, but... And probably, you know, we could say the same for England. Um, but, yeah, I think... I think she deserves a spot, definitely deserves a spot in the squad. Um, and I think a, a certain, a, certainly, a, you know, a start in, you know, in a friendly, just to sort of try her out in a partnership. Yeah, give her the minutes, yeah. Because I think she offers, I mean, she can sort of charge forward as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, so does Millie Bright, actually. Yeah. But she's more of a Millie Bright sort of figure. Yeah, a more physical defender, less of a ball player, I think is yeah. fair to say. Um, yeah, she's an interesting one. Like I say, I, I've also got her in my squad. Yeah. I've actually got her... She, she's sort of a weird one because I've got her listed down as a you know 100% certainty to get called up. But then equally, like you say, it's, it's like whether will she start, will she play at all? Because um, she's, she's been so... She's, she's been in so many squads now and she's now playing so well... It's you know there's no chance she's going to get dropped all of a sudden. I can't see that happening. But equally, she's sort of in a weird position where it feels like she's an absolute lock to get in the squad, but then not first choice by any means, and and might not even get any minutes. So I agree. I you know I think friendlies are the time to test this kind of thing out, get some minutes under her belt, see how she does. Um, again, like you say, it's 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 a it's a, it's a slightly interesting situation in that. We we've got this problem that like I say problem we we've got this fullback situation where we we really look quite thin, but then at centre back we've just got so many options. I mean I've got you know other as you, you already mentioned Esme Morgan who can kind of play both. I've got Letitier. I've got Grace Fisk as a potential as well, which I I doubt she'll she'll make the squad, but she has been playing well. I don't, I, I just think obviously I think Matt B had made that comment at the weekend, didn't he? Where he, he said he he thinks Grace Fish should have an England call up. Yeah, but I think we we just can't bloody move for centre backs. No, that's it. It's 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 a real it's a real cue. It's it's you know other than wide forwards, it's the it's the position where we are most um, you know blessed with just a ridiculous amount of talent, really. So have you got Leticia in your squad? I've got her on my maybe list. I I don't see a reason why she won't get called up. Sit kind of similar to Ruben Moy in that she, you know, Vigman clearly likes her as a squad player. She's she's been a sort of ever present in squads, but has really struggled to really get any game time whatsoever. I think you know the the sense you get from Man United is that she has been their outstanding defender this year, um, which I know we we've, we've sort of said in the past. Man U's defensive issues. It it it, it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean she's been absolutely outstanding, world class defender. But I think she has looked good, and also she has the benefit of of time being really on her side. She's still so young that she is one of those where you're looking at twenty twenty seven and thinking, well, she she you know she won't even be at a peak at that point. You yeah. know, if if you follow the usual, you know, defenders peaking at sort of like late twenties. So the fact she's kind of in the conversation already at this age, yeah. it kind of feels like to me she's one that you could you could really look to not necessarily build the defence around, but I, I'd certainly think from Serena's perspective, 
she's one that you're looking at thinking you know she, she might be involved in the next you know, 10 years of England squads here quite comfortably so get her get her sort of blooded in early yeah this is true and she's not in my squad but I've done a 23 so if you were potentially looking at a 25 or something yeah I would probably put her in but I just think like I say there's a there is a long queue of centre-backs here yeah and you've got you've got Morgan as I say who can play as a centre-back and then you've got Carter as well who I know she sort of dropped a little bit in the she was in the squad but and she was starting for the Nations League and then she got dropped in the was it she started the Netherlands game and then she got dropped in the Scotland game because she had a bit of a mare in the Netherlands game yes so I know, uh, yeah, I know she's been a bit of a... She, she's on my sort of maybe list again. I, th- I think she's got to be in the squad. Yeah, yeah. I think she's got to be in the squad. She's a solid She's a solid option. She does have a, a dodgy one every so often, but she's a solid option. She has um, kind of stepped in into the Chelsea team quite regularly in, in place of Millie as well, mm. which, you know, is a, is, a, is a tick in that column. And she's looking pretty good now. They've got, they've got Bjorn. Yes. And they look like a pretty good partnership, her and Carter. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Carter's a lucky for me. I'm, I don't, I'm so sorry, I don't rate Millie Turner at all. She's all right, but I don't, I don't trust her. I'm sorry. Again, I think with, with Turner, I did look at her, but I think her, like I say, she has had a call up. So what do I know kind of thing? But equally, she's, I think she's 28 now, 29. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it kind of feels like if it was going to happen for her on an international level, she, she should have something to show for it by now. Um, and that's that's not entirely fair, you know, because obviously players bloom late, and, and your your god hero Mary Earps, you know, she she was a very late bloomer, but um, yeah, I, I, I she wasn't a late bloomer. Her talent was just failed to be recognised. <laughs> she she had bloomed early, but then had been obscured by Ellie Roebuck, Philip Neville, Philip Neville. I don't know why I full named him. Actually, I do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So sorry. I, I, just to move on a little bit. Um. So we're saying Bronze, Charles, Greenwood, Morgan, LWM, Williamson and Carter, potentially Letitia if we've got room. Yes, I think that sounds good. Yeah, so we move on to the midfield. Again, this is an area where I was sort of like, are we a bit thin in Mm -hmm. some areas? And I think your point around Leah Williamson potentially be able to come into that defensive mid role if whatever reason Walsh isn't fit or whatever... Um, is interesting because I think that's an area where, as you say, in the World Cup, um, when she missed a game or two, yeah, we were exposed. Um, quite we were badly, exposed quite a lot. I think Katie Zellum does deserve to be in the squad. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's a she wouldn't be my first choice. It, it would always be Walsh to start yep. in that position. But I think Katie Zellum is solid enough yep. as an option to be in the squad. So yeah, obviously Walsh is an absolute lock-in, as is Georgia Stanway, I think. Yeah, provided she's managed to unhook herself from that advertising hoarding <laughs> that she got stuck on um, the other day. But yeah, Stanway is is straight yeah. in there for me. She, I think she, particularly the last couple of Nations League games, I think she was an absolute standout for me. Yeah. Um, she's just yeah undeniable. Um, Tooney as well. Yeah. Um, bit up and down at the moment. Yeah. And I think you know as I'll get to in a minute. I would sort of question... I mean, obviously, friendlies, you can rotate a bit more, but, you know, going into the more serious, in, serious and in inverted columns games, I, I would question whether you would put James in that number 10 mm-hmm. position uh, again, uh, uh, ahead of Tooney and then bring Tooney on as a super sub. Yeah, and partic- particularly as James, obviously, you know, we've used her as a wide forward, we've used her in that number 10, but as we've said... And we will get on to. We're so blessed with players in those in those wide forward positions, 
and James at the moment just looks absolutely undroppable. Mm. So it's, yeah, how, how can you facilitate her getting in and then one of our many options on you know out wide getting in as well yeah I I just think you know I've said it before and I'll say it again I think for me Lauren James plays best when she can float behind you know yeah she can can try and find space for herself and and pop up where she's not expected and then has that second or two to to pick her spot I think as we've we discussed quite a lot you know there, there have been games like the the Netherlands game recently where for 85 minutes she looked pretty ineffectual because they did such a good job pressing her and she was she was playing out wide on the left and then lo and behold she she basically had two moments where she managed to get a a second or two extra on the ball and both of those resulted in goals Mm. so yeah that's that's something i I just i it's you, you know you don't want to get into a situation where your entire team is built around one tactic and one player being able to do something because if that player gets injured or they get sent off, as as James did in the World Cup, then then what do you do? But I just think at the moment James is is so clearly like just in the form of her life. Yeah, you've just kind of got to. I hesitate to say build the team around her, but you, you you've got to do what you can to facilitate her doing what she does best. Because if you do that, you're going to win ninety percent of the games you play. Yeah, very true. Um, just to sort of talk about her club mate Frank Kirby, mm. I think. She's definitely in my squad. She's come, obviously come back from injury. She's not looked as potent no. as she was. I don't think she's a starter anymore like she was no. in the Euros. I would definitely put her in the squad, though, as, as another option in you know in a game where you potentially got a problem to solve and you need to bring something in, you yeah. know, some extra firepower. But you know, and I think she did score in that in that Nations League game, yeah, um, against Scotland. But basically, everyone did. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think she can still obviously. She's obviously very talented. She can still bring something to the to the team and to the squad. But I, I, I think unfortunately she's been because she's in that sort of. I mean, I know Emma Hayes sort of plays her as a winger, as a bloody number nine and all sorts. But that's Emma Hayes and a galaxy brain. <laughs> but I think she does play best in the in the sort of number ten. Yeah. And like I say, you've got Tooney and and for me, LJ ahead of you in that. And and even though Tooney is a bit up and down at the moment, um, I think she's still. I think big, on a you know. day she offers more than, oh, yeah. than Kirby seems to be offering at the moment. Yeah, which, yeah. Yeah, I mean Kirby is like she is on my list, but not a hundred percent in the squad. I do, I agree. I think she will get called up. Yeah, I was but, sort of umming and ahhing on her, but I did yeah, put her in on the end. I did put her in in the end. I do think of, of all the players that are on the list here, you know what we've been talking about with the the, the sort of this the twenty twenty seven goal. I know it's not the only thing coming up, but. I do feel like if Serena was to sit down and say, you know what, let's let's really start sort of not ripping the old team apart, but kind of really making some tough decisions about, you know, is this player going to be around in two, three, four years? I would say, unfortunately for Fran Kirby, she's probably number one on my list of players who have been sort of very, very prominent for England in the last few years, but is also, you know, probably her... Her peaks behind her. Obviously, she's she's had this injury, which she she doesn't look like she's fully fully recovered from. I think you can not not assume she's never going to get back to where she was because you know you never know. But equally, 
you know, I think it's it's looking like we might never see the the same Fran Kirby again, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I've got Grace Clinton yeah. down on my list that's, here. That's what a, I was going to, you know, get on to next, Grace yeah, Clinton. Yeah, I, um, I think you have to take her at the moment. Oh, yeah, She's 100%. in absolutely fantastic form. She has, by a distance, the most um, successful take-ons of any player in a WSL. Good stat. So, you know, she, she just... And I think that's something as well... Whereas you look at Toon and Kirby, they are very much, and even LJ, they're, they're not necessarily dribblers. They are, they're obviously, they're all quite dynamic. They're fantastic passing. They can all really shoot from long range. But what I think Clinton gives you is that kind of close control dribbling ability in that position, which just gives you something completely different. And I think for for her, that's a real standout quality that I don't necessarily see in many other places in the squad. The ability to pick the ball up and and really break lines with with her her dribbling as well as her passing. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, you know, I I think she has to be in the squad personally. So would you are you saying you would play Clinton in that number ten? So, because I, 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 I was thinking she would be more of like a right mid sort of Georgia Stanway sub. I think if you were to, I mean, it is it's so much is dependent on the formation. But if you were to sort of go say like a four three three, you can have obviously I, I, I can kind of see Clinton as a sub replacement option for Stanway. Mm. You know, in games where we're sort of getting bogged down and struggling to break through a an organised defence, maybe like two banks of four. I think what Clinton gives you is really direct running and just the kind of X factor where she can break those lines. Yeah. I don't necessarily think she's quite starter level yet and like so which there's so many options in that in that sort of attacking midfield slash wide forward, you know, position. I don't know if she's quite there yet, but she's also obviously again going back to the the sort of the future planning uh idea she's she's only 20 i believe so mm. you know she she is one for the future in an enormous way whereas someone like fran kirby for example probably isn't unfortunately for her yeah okay so we've got clinton stanway walsh tooney zellum kirby is there any else anyone else that we've missed we might want to mention is there anyone else on your list there? No, I mean, I, Laura Coombs is obviously playing quite a lot for Man City at the moment, but again, it, it kind of feels like she obviously she got recalled and played very briefly in the World Cup when, when Walsh was injured, but again, age is against her. Mm. It kind of feels like, you know, if, if it hasn't happened for her already and she hasn't established herself, is it really going to happen now, even with Jill Rod being injured and that potentially giving her a bit more game time? Possibly not. But no, other than that, you know, midfield, it's, it's an interesting one because I think we, like you say, we, we're not really kind of blessed with loads and loads of options there. But it does feel like the options we've got are very, very solid and reliable. Certainly in that Toon, uh, Walsh, Stanway, that three, everyone can kind of be built around them. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll lock that in as a midfield then. So we move on to forwards where I think... <laughs> We've got the opposite problem here. We're stacked. Yeah. I think, particularly in the wide forward area. Um, obviously, we've got Hemp and Kelly, who undeniable. Yeah, they're they're in. Again, I'd put LJ under forwards. Yes. But for me, I I would personally play her in, in the number ten sort of central attacking mid. But you know, I suppose technically she is a forward. Yeah, I agree. Um, obviously, you've got Mead as well. Yeah. And then while we're on wide wide forwards, I think there's a lot of discussion obviously around Nikita Paris and whether she gets back in the squad. Obviously, yes. she's playing really well at the moment for Man U. She's scored in the last couple of games. We've got two on uh, Sunday. But I don't know. It's just difficult because I think I think she does deserve a spot. But we just like I say, we're just stacked in in wide forwards. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's bit particularly if you throw in, you know, you've got you could have Hemp and Kelly starting, or you could have Hemp and Mead starting. Yeah. Or you know, you could throw LJ in there. Yeah. So it it's just it's difficult, and maybe maybe if we're taking a a bigger squad, put her in there as an option. But like I said, we're just stacked in that area, so yeah. it's, it's hard really, and it's it's tough because I I think she does deserve a spot, but. Unfortunately, I think she's just living in a world where Beth Mead and Chloe Kelly exist. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And I, I, I think yeah. as well, it's, again, not to keep banging on about age, it's obviously not the only thing, but I, I think given you, you're now looking at sort of succession planning and you're not just thinking, we've got a tournament in six months, what are we going to do? You're now thinking, well, how can we how can we prepare ourselves to win the next World Cup? How can we get players ready to go for that? I think... Again, Paris kind of ages against her compared to some of those options. Yeah, you say that, but she is only a year older than Beth Mead. That is true, but then I guess you look at how much they've respectively done for England. That's true. And I know, I know, obviously Mead's had this injury, which has set her back a bit. But mm. you know, I think it it seems harsh to say, but I feel like you know, Paris, if she wasn't able to capitalise on that injury to Mead and really break into the team, for example. Is she ever going to do it now that we're we're basically at full fitness? And then you've yeah. got a bunch of wingers slash attacking forwards slash you know attacking mids. Like you know, I've got like Jess Park noted down, yeah. Andy Beaver Jones, Katie Robinson. There are so many players who are you know seven or eight years younger than her who are not necessarily playing better than her right now, but kind of you know again going back to that. Are, are we seeing? Is this is this the is this the last time Paris is really going to be pushing for an England place? Whereas those players I just named, they're all on the up, and they're going to be there in twenty twenty seven. Yeah, I think some some of the players you just mentioned there, I think we'll see in the under twenty three squad, um, like Swaggy Beaver Jones, for example. Yeah, um, and I think Jess Park. To be honest, I think she played for City last night. Started for City last yes. night, and I think she played like midfield. Yeah, I, more, I think she might and be. She looked, she looked pretty, pretty good. To be fair, yeah. that sort of Jill Rod sort of charging into the box. Yeah, sort of exactly. I think she's, situation. she's potentially going to be the main beneficiary from that that ACL injury to Jill Rod. So, mm. be interesting to see how that develops. Obviously, she has played as a winger in the past for England, which is why I've kind of got her listed down here. But I think she's one who is clearly just very talented and. But perhaps doesn't know her best position yet just because she's got so many options mm, yeah. but yeah and we obviously while we've got the wide forward conversation going on we've then got the centre forward situation which is again quite different to the wide forward uh, situation in my in my uh, opinion well you've got you've got your your lock in haven't you which is as she's known on the podcast Smith Messias Muso yeah um, it's actually her birthday today happy, happy birthday, birthday. Smith Messias Muso yeah. yeah she's she's undeniable i think as as a as a as a center forward yeah um and you know i think she would be in my strongest starting 11 for england i'd agree um, I, I i think and i uh, sorry to no go on talk over you but i think i can't remember was it in the scotland game or the netherlands game or whatever there was a bit of a weird sort of front three with almost hemp in the yes. number nine I, d- I don't see that i don't agree with that. no and obviously daily started against the netherlands which didn't really work out unfortunately and then Russo and Toon both came on and just sort of mm. sprinted around as fast as they could for about 20 minutes which was very entertaining but I think I, I, sorry I think Russo is obviously interesting in that she when she first came onto the scene during the Euros and was a super sub for Ellen White she looked like this super sub who was just gonna you know score all these goals kind of through brute force after Ellen White had kind of mentally worked 
the defenders for sort of 70 minutes you then bring Russo on and defenders are just too exhausted to deal with her mm-hmm. um, obviously the role she's now playing at Arsenal is quite different she's you know this she's developed into I'm going to say it the best kind of hold up centre forward that England have had since Bolton's Kevin Davis just well there you go I've, I was about to say um, at the request of my cousin Danielle as we mentioned I think in every episode shout out Danielle shout out um, Danielle we have there we go we've mentioned that Alessia Russo is a hold-up play is potentially the best in football. Yeah, like women's the, or men's. The like, ball just sticks she's to ridiculous. her. She, she's you know she's so she's got so much energy. She will chase lost causes. Mm-hmm. It's um and you know it's it isn't a it will be an adaptation from you know your Ellen White kind of poacher style finisher to uh, a Russo where it's you know maybe she's only going to score you know one in every three or four games but you know what she can do is is really facilitate the players around her mm. and you know you, you do think if you've got Russo dropping deep to win the ball but then you've got Hemp, Kelly and James all kind of surging past her that's scary, that's a pretty it? terrifying prospect. Yeah that's scary. Yeah so um, I, I, I agree. I think Especially Ru- if you're Manuel Zinsberger but yeah just, I, just, just take shots at it from outside the box. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I think um, I think Russo is yeah 100% in there. I think where the, the questions arise for me is is what do you do beyond that? Because I, we've obviously... Rachel Daly... I, I, I'm going to say it now. She's, for me, Rachel Daly's still got to be in the squad. I agree. I She's, think she will be for her versatility, yeah. Yeah. She is a, a bit more of a poacher as well. Yeah, like she can be a, she can She's so versatile, and we know I, I write her, as we've said in um, previous episodes. She's very versatile, and I think she can drop deep, but she can be that poacher as well in the box. Yeah. So I think you have to have her as an option, even if, you know, watching back some highlights from games, you know, over the last couple of days, preparing for this, I think... You know, for England, she's potentially not been particularly clinical. No, she. In her last she, couple of outings, she's been very unfortunate in that. I think her her absolute red hot club form, like the form of her life, coincided mm. at a point where she was she was playing at left. She back. was our yeah, yeah first choice left back, and now you know she's she's you know like I said, I think she scored six goals this season. But she has called off. She's not going to have another WSL. You know, golden boot to her name this season. But what you know, while we've now got Neve Charles in the left back spot, suddenly she looks mortal again, and she's not an automatic choice for that centre forward position. Which is, she she's basically been a victim of her own versatility there, unfortunately. Yeah. But I think that's another reason why she's she's in the squad for me as well. Is that she does provide that cover if we need another option for left back? Yes, absolutely. Which sounds yeah. mad, but that's the situation. Because as I, as I say, looking at the the available pool of of talent, I don't see another another left back really at the moment. Yeah. Um. So that's another reason she's in the squad for me. And then another person that I think you know is in my squad and we haven't talked about yet is uh, is Beth England, who is another option. Obviously, I don't think she's a starter. Um. She's not looked particularly as red hot as I thought she might coming back to Spurs. Um, from her injury but no. she definitely deserves to be in the squad she's not a starter a- ahead of Russo for me but I think yeah she should be in the squad and, and she can you know as a sub I think bring another another element to the game yeah I mean she, so this this is I think our first possibly our, our, our first and only major divergence because I have a feeling she won't be in the squad so, I think she um, so you're going to so you're, what, you're not going to take another centre forward no I, I, I think you've got Russo you've got Daly and then you've got a bunch of players who can play there if necessary if you want to jiggle around the front line I wow. think 
England, you know, obviously she had that injury. She was, by all accounts, you know, on sort of like painkillers during the World Cup. And that, to be fair, is, is obviously a, a tick in the box for her in terms of getting, getting reselected because it feels like she has really sacrificed a lot to, in order to be an option for England over the World Cup. And it would be kind of harsh to then turn around and say, well, you, you're out of form. Here's, you know, here's sort of, here's your punishment. You don't get, you don't get picked again. I just feel like, you know, as we've already said, we're, we're sort of, we're pushing the limits of the squad already in terms of the number of players we've, we've named as, as potentials. And I think she's not scored in the WSL this season. She obviously, she, she missed the, the first couple of months of the season with that injury that she kind of played through for England in the World Cup. Yeah, I just I I've not seen very much from her. It's it's not like a Russo situation where you say, okay, maybe she's not scoring that many goals, but you you only need to watch her for five minutes to see what she brings to the table. I, I've I've seen you know we've, we've watched quite a few Spurs games this this uh, season, we've seen them quite a lot recently, and I just I she doesn't look like the Beth England that we kind of saw last year when she you know went to Spurs and and, and scored all those goals so mm. I, I I can see her dropping out of the squad I, I I agree I think you know she she's certainly she is one of those with plenty of potential to get back in and and really push Russo for that centre forward spot but I'd say right now it's you know of all the players that you regularly see on the England scene in the last couple of years I think she's for me the one who's in most in danger of, of missing out on these squads. But to be to be fair to her as well, like you say, we don't have a huge number of options at, at purely centre forward. Like you say, Mead can play there. James has played there a bit for for Chelsea in the kind of false nine position. But in t- I think that's 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 England's big kind of what what she can uh, she can sort of hang a hat on is the fact that we other than Russo and Daly we don't really have an option there. So. Okay. Uh, that's that's my thinking. I, I could see her dropping out. Okay. I think she'll get in the squad, but I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll agree to disagree on, on Beth England. But... We'll see what Serena says. So, yeah, for my forwards, I've got Daly, Hempo, Mido, Russo. There's a lot of those there. <laughs> I like it. J-Mo. Uh, England, Kelly and uh, LJ, who, as I have said, I would also potentially put in the sort of midfield bracket yeah. as well. Yeah, I think maybe maybe if we don't take England, we take Paris. I don't know, but yeah. I just said she's just even in a friendly. I just is she going to get any game time really? Like, is she part of the plan? And we could like say let's not rehash over old ground, but yeah, maybe maybe not. I mean, it's harsh because like I say, she is in great form, but it's yeah. like a it's like a if Andy Murray was playing tennis in any other era than the one of. Roger Federer, yeah. Rafael Nadal, and he would have been the he would have been the man. He would have been the yeah, like Nikita Paris is unfortunately been personally victimised by Chloe Kelly and Beth Mead because she's just not gonna she's not gonna surpass them as, as no. the options. I um, do think just just to basically contradict everything I've already said on this, <laughs> this podcast, but obviously you do have to build for the future and that that that's a big consideration to have. But I do feel like as well from a purely from a morale perspective. You don't want to get into a position where you are just picking players based on kind of what they've necessarily done in the past with England or what they could potentially do. So, like that example, if 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 you know in our hypothetical squad here, it comes down to England versus Paris. If you then pick England, I think you do have to consider the fact that if you're a if there's other England players out there who are you know aspiring to get in the into the squad what impact that has on them and their morale and you know potentially even their sort of 
willingness to to look at other nations that they potentially qualify for to play for because like you say Paris is in red hot form has you know has has played plenty for England in the past whereas Beth England is you know it's it's really not happening for her at the moment and you know from a you might look at it and just say from a purely from a morale kind of every, everyone has a chance it's a competitive selection process perspective it might be worth picking Paris there over England just because maybe picking England over Paris sort of sends out a message where it's like look I already know who I, I, I want to pick here and regardless of what you know what's happening in a WSL or, or in your club career it, it doesn't really make a, an impact that is a very good point that's, thank you yeah that's a very good point well done let's throw Paris in there Why yeah not? let's get her in there I think she deserves it but I was just skeptical of whether she would get a call up just got you know Serena seems a bit iffy on her maybe not she's called her up in the past but yeah like I say you know it's hard to look past uh, Mead and Kelly and it's yeah do you you know take cover elsewhere but as we say as it's a couple of friendlies do you just experiment with some different things and take some more options in in other areas but yeah i think we've got a lot of you know out of that discussion and i think uh to summarize um i think you know there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to be happy about there's a lot of hope some areas i'm a bit concerned about but yeah i think i think this is a a strong a strong squad just just to, to just to round off then should we quick fire what we think our best start in 11 is we can try yes i i haven't given much thought to uh formations but let's do it out of the current squad i'm gonna go erps um charles greenwood lotter woman moy bronze yep bring williamson on okay at half time just yep. to get the minutes for greenwood uh, no okay decisive so Back four, Charles, Greenwood, Lottawood and Moy, bronze. I'd agree with that. I think that would be my back four. Midfield. So I think I'm going 4-2. 4-2-3-1. 4-2-3-1. Four, four, two, four, two, yes. Yes. 4-2-3-1. So then I'm going to go Walsh, Stanway, LJ. LJ is a sort LJ of... LJ in the attacking mid. As in the attacking mid. Yeah. Hemp and Kelly. No. Hemp and Mead. Yes. Out wide. And then Russo. So, yeah. That... Just to reiterate, because I copped that one. <laughs> um, so I've got Walsh and Stanway, and then I've got Hemp, LJ, and Mead. Yes. And then Russo as the as yeah. the number nine up front. I can't really argue with any of that. I think you know it's it's a little bit harsh on Kelly because she's been in in really good form of late last few weeks. Um, but equally, Mead is Mead. We know what she can do. I, I I think. Yeah, and then and then if Mead's not having a particularly good game, then you've you know you've got Kelly in your top pocket. Yeah, and, and obviously it's friendlies as well, so you know subs can kind of have free reign there. So yeah, you've got Kelly to come on for Mead. You've got Daly to come on for Russo. You've got Clinton to come on potentially for Stanway you've got Williamson to come on for Greenwood or um, you know potentially Walsh and obviously you've got Hannah Hampton to come on for for Earps the key substitution that will switch the game I'm not I'm not even going to comment I'm not going to comment okay yeah good and I mean obviously I've named a squad there I haven't included myself in it Serena I am I'm still holding my hand up I, I, I don't think I can play fullback but uh, maybe I think I could maybe be a number nine. So if you did want another option, mm. you know, how outside of Russo and Daly, say, how quickly are you kicking Nikita Paris to the curb? If if you get the caller straight away, it's like okay, fine. You've been in good form, but I don't care. See you later. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine? It's like completely unprecedented move by any manager ever. Just like <laughs> brings just a random woman from nowhere into the England squad. Um, I'm racking my brains to try and think of precedence 
from my history. Please writing. do, because I want to believe that this can happen. I mean, there was one of the players who played in the 1953 match of the century, uh, England versus Hungary, had only been professional for, I think, like six months. He, but he had been playing as an amateur, as, as in playing for Spurs, but also had the job, as I think, as a schoolmaster for several years before that so he had a little bit of a leg up on you You, I think you probably have to go back to like the 1880s when it was all like you know just just kind of like trains breaking down so they'd be like who is English here who couldn't qualify and then just yeah so you just need to hang around St George's St George's and just just wear your up shirt, dive around a bit in the rain. I don't want to be a goalkeeper. No way. No way am I going to I mean, be a you, you wouldn't want to compete with Erps, would you? That no, was, I wouldn't. You'd and be also, very conflicted. I, just, I couldn't take the pressure. Yeah. If I made like one mistake, I'd just weep and just fall to pieces. I think, in my mind, it's like, it's almost like, have you, have you, you don't seen Bennett like Beckham, have you? Have you? I don't think I have, no. It, like the very first scene in that is the main character Jess she's like obviously her hero is Beckham yes and she has like a she's like lying in her bedroom like daydreaming that she she gets called on for Man United yeah and like scores a goal and this this is you this is me except not for Man United obviously maybe I'll go to Spain I'm in the stands you know there's some sort of epidemic like Russo daily if England if she's there they're not available well, <laughs> just like I've already got the shirt, Serena, and I just run on and just bang one in the back of the net, and I'm just like a national hero. I'm fairly certain in Chelsea's Conti Cup game last night, they had to bring on... They, they were certainly asking if anyone in the crowd was a qualified referee yeah. to, to come on and help, because I think they had a, an injury to the one of the the, yeah, uh, yeah. the Lions people. So, so I feel like this is a feasible like, scenario. Yeah, you're right. only... You, you think, you know, the call would go out and, you know, Serena would be like, we've run out of goalkeepers. You're there in Gibraltar or wherever they're playing. Why are you trying to make me be a goalkeeper? I, I, I think I'm just looking at the kit. I think you've you've set yourself up there. I don't want to be a. We've goalkeeper. run out of strikers, you know. Yeah, yeah that's the one. That's the one. Anything can happen. That's yeah, the beauty of football. I'm, I'm right. With that, then I'm going to go off and, and Google the flights again. Yeah, Spain. Yeah, I think it's just a, a nice and calm 37 hour coach ride. So yeah, I mean you've got to go for it, haven't you? You miss a 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Charlie Parks. Charlie Parks. Serena Vigman. <laughs> Serena Vigman. I'm also I'm reading a book as well at the moment, so I know a bit more like about her her vibe and her ethos, so I can sort of quote that to her and it will like butter her Just up a bit. Sort of parrot it back to her and yeah. she'll be like, you know what? I've like, never oh, I've God. never seen you, but You you just get it. You're the one. You get it. Right. Well, watch this space. You've not heard the last of the name Parks. Um Jess Parks. Euro twenty twenty five. I'll be in the squad. I'll be We'll see. That's one of our bolder 30, predictions. Thirty four year old uh, yeah. Oh god. Right. Well, um, come back next week for probably you know the usual format. As I say, we've broken the format this week just to have a more freewheeling discussion um, about the lionesses. Um, and yeah, don't let us down, Serena. Prove us right. Also, give me a call. Yeah, <laughs> if you want. All right, all right then. Let's let's leave these good people alone now. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Goodbye.